Hello and welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today we're discussing Gravity Rush. I'm your host Marcus and joining me today as always are the homies. First up we got Trevor. What's going on? What's good? Next we have Greg. What's up? What's up man? And last but not least we have the homie Dante. Now coming to you in HD. Yeah. Oh there yeah 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 you got it you got it yeah that's right um well, this is Trevor's game for the month of April, so I'm going to kick it to him so he can introduce it. All right, so this month we played Gravity Rush, and in Japan, this game is known as Gravity Days, and it's a 2012 action-adventure video game that was developed by Japan Studios Team Gravity Division and published worldwide by Sony Computer Entertainment for the PlayStation Vita. Yeah, you heard me right. This is a Vita game. Um, and just to kind of give a little bit of history on the developer and the director, um, it was developed by, uh, Team Gravity, also known as Project Siren, and they were known by that name because, uh, that was the first game, um, they developed as a studio, and they were formed in 1999 by former members of Team Silent, which, um, were the creators of Silent Hill. And the team was led by game designer and director Kichiro Toyama, who alongside designers Kazunobu Sato and Junya Akura. And they left Japan Studio in late 2020 to form Bokeh Game Studio. And actually meant to see what games um, they've either developed or have in production currently. Um, so I'll have to look at that later. But under... Wait, I might be able to answer that. Okay. Because I'm 99% sure they got dissolved since Sony pretty much dissolved every team but Team Asobi. Well, this that, this is after they left. So they formed Ooh. another studio. And this, this okay. was late well, 2020. Are we talking about... Because I know for a fact the Gravity Rush designer, like head designer dude, left in, I think it was February or March, whenever we were making the schedules and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they have a Wikipedia page yet, but they may be working on something. Uh, but I'll go on ahead and go through um, some of their game, their previous games, um, if you're looking that up. But under Team Silent, they developed a game called Snatcher, International Track and Field, and then Silent Hill, and those were all under Konami. Um, and then as Project Siren, they developed Siren in 2003. Forbidden Siren 2 and Siren Blood Curse, which are all under Sony Computer Entertainment. And you may notice a trend, but all of these are like survival horror games, and which is what the studio kind of became known for. And then in 2012, they developed Gravity Rush. And 2015, they developed Gravity Rush Remastered, and then the sequel, Gravity Rush 2, in 2017. Uh, the initial concept for Gravity Rush came from Kichiro uh, Toyama during the beginning of his video game career when he joined Konami. His initial idea was a vague image of people floating in space, with later concepts and ideas forming over time. Due to his work first at Konami as director for Silent Hill, Toyama was labeled as a horror game director, leading him to work for Sony Computer Entertainment on the Siren series as part of the first-party Japan studio. Um... And then, let's see, 
when the project was being de designed for PS3, the team felt confident they could match their concept video as the console had been out for two years prior to Gravity Rush beginning development. The team saw and encountered little difficulty working with the established hardware. And this is when they were developing it for uh, the Vita as well. Um, or when it shifted to the Vita. And uh, when they realized the Vita had far less power than the PS3, they needed to reassess the project, leading to their previous work being scrapped. Difficulties with the Vita's still fluctuating hardware specifications during the first year of development forced Project Siren to develop the game on Microsoft Windows personal computers, a rarity for first-party Sony developers, which I thought was interesting that um, at the time first-party Sony developers didn't uh, develop games using uh, Windows. Uh, Toyama's greatest inspiration on the gameplay of Gravity Rush was Crackdown, and I think Marcus, you you were a huge fan of the first Crackdown, weren't you? Yeah. Oh my God, I had no idea. Like I, that was I, that was that was in my bag. I was gonna pull that out at some point. Um, didn't didn't know that he was inspired by it, but this game reminded me so much of it. So, yeah, I felt it. I felt it. And it influenced the upgrade system and open world. Uh, during early stages, the team contemplated giving players safe areas within which the gravity manipulation would play out similar to a puzzle, but test player feedback led to gravity-based navigation being applied to an open world. The team discarded the concept of fall damage, uh, which I enjoyed, and Toyama had the team watch the film Hancock, as a reference for Cat's sluggish movement through the air, which is funny because if you've ever seen that movie, um, Hancock is, I want to say he's like intoxicated half during half the movie. So you can kind of see like in the animation um, that sluggish movement through the air. And the lack of targeting, the lack of a targeting reticle or automated aiming was included partially to focus player attention on the Vito's gyroscope functions and to prevent the game from being too easy. The touchscreen controls were intended to play a larger role in combat, but Toyota found Toyama found the result more difficult to control and so restricted it to dodging. And the style and cel-shaded graphics of Gravity Rush were influenced by Franco-Belgian comics with Toyama citing artists Jean Giraud and Inki Bilal and I actually looked at some of their work. Um, Giroux, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, his work looked like it inspired more of like the whimsical aspect of the game. Or the game style. Um, it has kind of a, a Middle Eastern feel to it. While um, Bilal, um, his work looks like it influenced more of the industrial... Um, feel of the game and then the choice allowed the combination of realism and fantastic elements that Yamaguchi felt was unique to the style another influence on the world design was the film The Fifth Element the concept of gravity rush stemmed from the scene from the end call a graphic novel series illustrated by Giroux several scenes showed characters falling through space scenes which Toyama later emulated within gravity rush and the world's culture was based on modern-day cities, while the buildings and streets of Hexville 
were based on towns and cities from northern and eastern Europe, combining old buildings with modern transport. Specific influences were the cities of Copenhagen and Amsterdam. The music, which was composed by Kohei Tanaka, noted for his work both in anime and on video games such as the Sakura War series and Resonance of Fate. Arrangements were done by Tanaka, Kiji Anai, and Yasahisa Mirase. And I really just wanted to give them a shout out because I felt like the music was like an integral part of this game. It was very orchestral. You said uh, Resonance of Fate. I didn't realize that, but like listening to the like the main song in the in the I guess the first city, it sounded just like something from Resonance of Fate. And I loved the music in that game, so it it kind of hit for me. And then Tanaka was brought on board the project as Toyama felt Tanaka was the only one who could recall the orchestral melodies of animations from the 1970s, which I I can't recall any animations from the 1970s. Um, so I'd have to look up some to see like what the the similarities were. Um, an official album release, Gravity Days' official soundtrack, was published by Team Entertainment in uh, March of 2012, and the album received positive reviews from music critics. So that might be um, something to pick up while you're waiting for that J. Cole album to drop. And, and, and what about that other album, that uh, joint one? Oh, yeah, the TDE album that they yeah. teased. Yeah. And um, Gravity Rush was announced under its Japanese title, Gravity Days, as a part of the unveiling of the Vita being announced alongside titles such as Uncharted, Golden Abyss, and Little Big Planet, PlayStation Vita. It received mostly positive reviews, and it had a Metacritic score of 83 out of 100 on Vita, and 80 out of 100 on PS4. And that is... Um, sale, uh, from what I've read, sales on this game started off really strong. But then I think because it was a Vita title, it later um, just kind of fell off and didn't perform as well um, as they expected. Um, but that was it for the intro. You so right. there was one thing... <laughs> that um maybe i missed it but i just wanted to say that the remaster was done by blue point the same blue point that did the shadow of the colossus remaster yep i forgot to Um, add that on there i remember reading it i didn't man like so i was like looking up all those people as you were going and like i even like when you were talking about the fifth element uh aspects enough some of the that, that artist inky balau his mm-hmm. work made me think of like Fifth Element. It's very like sci-fi themed Fifth Element um, slash Blade Runner esque. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was looking at that John Gerard guy, and um, I, I don't really know what his, like his work makes me think of um, that other game we played. Um, I can't think of the game now. It was my game with the horse and the dog, Kentucky Route Zero. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. really? Yeah, his his work, like at least the st- stuff I'm seeing right now, it just makes me think of like like Americana. There's a lot of Western kind of stuff. There's like empty skate. Uh, I don't know. It, it's very surreal looking, mm-hmm. and so it makes me think of uh, that game, um, and then a little bit of that game we just played to Greece as well. Some of the yeah, like, I was gonna say either Greece or Goragoa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
But yeah, and then like I guess you got like uh, Greg's uh, shout out to his uh, composer as well. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, like the crackdown, like it scratched that itch so hard for me. Dude. Like <laughs> I was bleeding. <laughs> like oh my god. Um, uh, what what I'm guessing everybody played the remaster, so we all played the PS4 version. I'm assuming nobody has this game on Vita. <laughs> I was tempted to try it on Vita because I have one, but I just played the PS4 remaster just because for convenience, really. Okay. I actually do have the game on Vita too, but huh. I think I literally put like 15 minutes into that version and just ever never... or for the podcast. Ever like that was like the first time I turned on the Vita. Booted up Gravity Rush for like 15 minutes. I'm like, eh, I'll get back to this later. And was that when it first came out, or...? No, I didn't get a Vita until... I think it was at least a year in, or two years in. Like, I got it for 100 and I think it MSRP'd for 200 so... What, uh... Sometime. How far in did you get... You said you got 15 minutes in? Like, I literally didn't get past that first scene with the kid and the dad. Okay, I was gonna ask if you experienced any of the um, the motion controls. The well, Vita. one props to you for not paying resale. One, um, and then the other thing is, so what was it about the game that you bounced off of that initial time, if you remember? Honestly, I think it was the motion controls, and I just really didn't feel like it at the time. Because I was like, ah, oh, this seems a little weird, and like. In my opinion, this game does have a little bit of a learning curve as far as, like, navigating and stuff. And I think having that plus the motion controls just all at once was like, eh, I don't want let, to me, this. <laughs> let me find a moment where I actually have time to sit down with this game for real. Um, well, y'all know how I do. Um, I looked at screenshots of this game and I was just like, oh, this must be like a... I was like, it was weird. I don't remember what else was on Trevor's list. Oh, uh... Bunch of Switch games. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know what it was about this game. Uh, did you say why you selected this game, Trevor? Um, I found it on a list of, like, hidden gems. And I looked at some of the gameplay. And I was just like, you know what? If we do have to play a game that's not on Switch, I wouldn't mind it being this one. Gotcha. Because gotcha. So, it just, I mean, it just looked fun. And then the art style looked pretty cool, too. Dare I say, this might be my second favorite game that you've chosen. Oh, I thought you were going to save the year. but No. Just... <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm not talking after about for the year. I'm talking Transistor. about ever. Yes, after Transistor. This game, it hit. <laughs> this game hit. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. So Red said this was going to be a short podcast. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. So, I, I will say this before um, Dante and Greg chime in because uh, I think they they may have different opinion. But one of the things I didn't mention in the um, in my intro was that um, with their with the reception of the game, I think most of the criticism was about the latter half of the game, That's at least fair. as far as the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I looked up some reviews. Uh, obviously, the, well, not obviously, but the reviews I looked up was a lot of um, uh, for the remaster. I think I don't think I, I I didn't purposely seek out any reviews on the Vita. Um, I think most of the reviews for this game because it just really wasn't 
talked about it seemed like on the Vita version or whatever, but um, the complaint I saw was the story and just like the kind of the, I don't want to say the learning curve, but it was just kind of like a little bit wonky once you got a handle on things. And a lot of people seem to be like, for a Vita game, this was pretty good, or you know, which was kind <laughs> of like, I felt like a little bit demeaning in a sense. Oh, it was, I understand, there's a lot of backhand um, stuff. It's like, oh, well, it's not a real PS4 game. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it sells the game a little short. I will say there are some elements where I feel like this could be fleshed out more. Like, um, you guys know me, I don't watch videos a lot of times when we, look, when we like, do our list. I just look at screenshots, and, like, it's bit me in the butt many times where, or I would say a handful of times where I look at a screenshot of games that we have on our list i'm like that looks cool yeah sure um when i first looked at this game i was like oh like i assumed this was going to be a trevor game uh where it was just like a like a character like action game um i i I assumed it was going to be a walking simulator (laughs) (laughs) Wow! like i I just figured it was going to be like a platformer i guess maybe not a walking simulator but like a platformer like I knew about the gravity mechanics, so I, I I was thinking it was just going to be about traversing a, a a level or the world or something like that, and it was like damn near this was a superhero game to me. Like, did you guys fast? Like, I I didn't fast travel at all. Like, I just had so much. Like, once I got a handle of the gravity mechanic, I just flew everywhere, and I like I I did everything in this game. Like, I. Got every single trophy. I did all the side missions. Dang. I yeah, like, dude, I deep dive this game. Um, I got the same sensation that I got um, collecting uh, uh, the gems. The gems that I got when I was playing Crackdown and trying to get all the agility orbs, which was like something that I just that was like my favorite part about playing Crackdown was just oh I see an agility orb all the way on the top of that building. Let me just go ahead and climb it. I'm like oh damn I don't have enough. And I like like make a mental note in my head like okay cool I can't reach that right now I don't have a high enough agility so I'm gonna make a mental note to remember this building and once I get like to the next level I'm gonna try it again and so like that was something that was very uh, comforting for me uh, when I when I played Crackdown and I, I this hit that same exact thing where I would just get to a new section of the world and the first thing I would do is try to collect as many or if not all of the gems that i could in that area so like i was fully leveled up by the end of this game and everything because like i just love doing that so much yeah so let's not jump too yeah, far ahead yeah, of ourselves yeah. <laughs> so i pretty much agree first, with everything you said first impressions <laughs> uh first impressions yeah what were your um, first impressions this game reminded me of I'm pretty sure Dante has played um, Kingdom Hearts 2, but have y'all played Kingdom Hearts 2? I haven't. Yeah, um, I played a little bit of it. Um, so, in that first part of Kingdom Hearts, you're in... Um, uh, what's the name of the town where you're playing? Is Twilight Town? Yeah, Twilight Town. I got Twilight Town vibes from this uh, this game. Like story wise, or are we no, just about... just the feel of like the environment, hmm. and I guess the music, like the, it felt very serene. I don't know. Is was, was that even with the 
stuff that was going on in the game that you felt that way? Um, kind of, because the enemies kind of appear like um like when they um when they spawn on screen, they kind of appear like the um the heartless do in Kingdom Hearts. And then I can't remember how much of the traversal was similar to Kingdom Hearts three, but like being able to just like uh fly around. I know you couldn't really fly in Kingdom Hearts, but like being able to run and, and jump um pretty far in Kingdom Hearts kinda gave me I don't know, it just it just gave me that same vibe. Um where you you know, you have like a lot of control over traversal. Gotcha. Yeah, I was gonna say if Kingdom Hearts had flying in it <laughs> like this It's it's got a little bit of gliding. It's not um, it's not flying though. <laughs> <laughs> You're burying the lead. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, that was my first impression of it. Um, especially like with the music too, and the kind of, um, Ghibli feel of it. Yeah. And, and I guess we should like kind of set the stage for how the game starts. Yeah. I was about to say, we, we probably need to backtrack a little bit and kind of describe what we're doing in this game and kind of like how it feels and so like from a mechanical. So if I'm not mistaken, the game starts and you are this girl you wake up and it's the classic what is it anime trope video game trope like where does that originate from the waking up and i don't know where i am and i don't remember what happened feel like you're talking about amnesia yeah but i mean like but that's a a a common trope in in anime and video games though (laughs) yeah i I guess that's like their fifth fifth element um influence sure i like normally i feel like it's 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 a, a a well that's been visited way too many times. So like usually when like that turns me off of media a lot of times when I know that's how something starts because I'm like you can't think of a engaging way of introducing this character or whatever. So like I don't know like to me it always comes off as lazy. So I had a little bit of apprehension about like how I would feel about the story when it started off that way. If that makes any sense. I guess it's supposed to make the player feel more connected to the character that they're playing as because they know just as much about the setting as the character that they're playing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, like, yeah, I get, like, at least in video games, I understand, like, it's like, oh, we can't, like, start a video game where, hey, how you doing? It's nice to see you. I haven't seen you. You know, like, that kind of stuff. But, like, I always feel like a game... I'm trying to think. We I, I feel like well, we, we already played um, <laughs> Shinmu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like and 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 I felt like that better put me in. Like, I don't know. Like it, it better set the stage for me of like I'm becoming this character. I don't I don't know if that makes any sense because I feel like Mega Man to an extent is kind of a little bit like that too. At least this Mega Man Battle Network, maybe not to the same rate. But I, I just I'm not normally a fan of like. Who am I? Where am I? Oh, I have these weird powers. Oh, weird. And then it's like a, a lazy way for them to introduce like the um, tutorial, too. Where it's like, oh, yeah, you have this ability. You remember how to use it? And like, I just, I don't know. It, it, I'm not normally a fan of that. And not to say I was a fan in this situation, but I was just like, oh, like it's going to be one of those games. I guess that's kind of how I felt. I'd have to at least push back against this tutorial stuff because it's, it's not like they just... I don't know, like, 
a lot of games would have just been like, hey, as you're going, do this, do this, do this. They might have even had a section before the actual gameplay started where it's like, hey, here's just a room and we're going to make sure you know all the stuff. True. Whereas this one, it's like, okay, you have a cat that can kind of like help you shift gravity and then you're trying to save this child who is kind of like caught in a gravity rift, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so uh, basically you, you wake up as this character and immediately there's a kid in danger. He's in this house, kind of like a favela style like housing situation and his dad is like you gotta you gotta help my son you're a uh what did he call what did he call you um shifter a shifter and so you're like everybody else is like damn near wearing rags and like tattered clothing and you're wearing like a bdsm outfit and so you know you're different you're built different and um (laughs) (laughs) and um so then, yeah, like, you get the tutorial about, like, as you're trying to get to this house that's f- hovering and shifting away, and you're, like, figuring out how to get to it, and then you end up saving the, the, the child, and then you bring the child to the dad, and he's like, well, you couldn't have saved my house, too? And I was like, this dude? Yeah, yeah I was so mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and then i was like ungrateful mother yeah yeah and i was like oh it it, this game has like it knows what it's doing so like i think that's when i had the turn when i was just like oh this game like it understands what it's doing a little bit and it's like i don't know i i just appreciated it wasn't like the the the, the classic oh thank god you saved my son how can i ever repay you and and like all that (laughs) in a single scene they kind of subvert the player's expectations exactly. of how things are going to play out because you're like okay i'm the hero i save the kid every game's going to reward me but then you get lambasted not only by the dad but the yep. kid too that <laughs> yeah. you just saved Man, and then your to... character runs away crying yeah <laughs> more or less yeah. and i would have tossed him back up in the air. <laughs> and then like another thing i, I really appreciate is the, both of the 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 father and that that son, that child are recurring characters in the game and they're like basically like well since you made sh- you didn't save our house can you do this thing for me and like they like basically treat you shittily and basically like well you owe us big time for not saving our house so we mm-hmm. need you to do this thing and oh because you owe us you need to get a job here to you know make some money and give me some of the money you're making and like <laughs> your character is so naive and like willing to go go along to get along that she does it and i don't know i i i couldn't stand the characters but i really appreciated that they were there so i i don't want to go too far into it since we're still kind of like just getting into like the the story beats and all that but throughout the game you have side missions and that's kind of where you can make your money that's where you meet these characters throughout the game and you can make money to try to pay them back. And I did not touch any more side missions after I did one um, where you make some money and you come back to give it to them. And there's a little girl, and I forgot what she was complaining about, but she needed some money for something. And the dad and the son had disappeared. So you give the money to the little girl so you can help her out. And then the dad and the son come back, and they're like, hey, where's the money? 
it's like we didn't forget and it's just like <laughs> really and 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 it just felt like we were in this this good times loop of like trying to get money and then breaking even and and it's just like i don't want to do this like I'm just gonna ignore you throughout the rest of the game, so I didn't do any more side missions after that. Did you? Um, I, I meant to look this up, but did you look to see if the side missions were just on the deal or not on the DLC on the remaster? Like they were not uh, on the Vita version. Did you see? I'm the way Blue Point operates. They almost always do one to one remasters. So I'm assuming that the DLC was on the Vita version. I'm not positive about that, but. Typically speaking, they wouldn't have actually changed any of the story or missions or any of that stuff. So I'm like 99% sure. You're actually, yeah, you're right. So uh, I'll just quickly say what it said. It included all the DLC released on the Vita version. So it looks like the only thing that they did, one of the main reasons for making the remaster was Toyama's wish to bring Gravity Rush to a wider audience. In addition to increasing the frame rate, the team were able to implement upgrades to the lighting, blur effects, draw distance and graphics engine so it was uh and character models were also upgraded so basically it was like a graphical improvement i guess a, a literal hd version of the game but everything else was the same so because i i was going in thinking that that was um all added so i i, I didn't have that context but uh the one thing i would say about so you didn't do any of the dlc trevor no not at all did the either no. did either of you no, I I mean I've also gotten the platinum. Okay, okay. So y'all missed that. <laughs> like I, I I won't say like the DLC. Like it's not all that. Like each of them have their own kind of. Um, like there's a specific, there's a unique costume that you get in each of the DLCs. Um, but they're they're I would say they're pretty interesting. They're they add a little bit of more um, flavor to the world. I would say like you get to meet some other characters and um. Just get like I think it does a good job of fleshing out the world. Um, I think really the uh, and for the most part, I would say they're all characters that you wouldn't l- otherwise meet, except for the last DLC, which has de- deals with working with the military. Um, but yeah, I would I, if you liked the game, I would recommend you just check on, checking them out. Yeah, I may go back and play it. Um, one thing I will say is none of the side missions are necessary at all. Oh no, not at all. Not at all. Cuz you can get all of your um and I guess we can go into or I'll just briefly mention like there's an upgrade system in the game where you have to find the collectible gems as Marcus mentioned earlier. And that's basically how you upgrade your your skills and your your health and all that and, and, is yeah. by the collectibles and, and not by the side missions. And when he says skills, it's like your uh combat so like your ability to do damage you can uh increase your uh recharge like you have a i guess we'll have to take it back a little bit but uh you also in addition to having health you have like a gravity bar and it's basically like the bar that is being used when you're using any your ability to shift the gravity and when we say shift gravity it's like basically you can walk up to a wall hit a button and then you can kind of basically change the axis of the axis of the uh where your character is and so now you can walk on that wall that you're looking at and um you can basically do this on all um structures 
And the cool thing is, is that it allows you to essentially fly in this game because you can change the gravity to being like, oh, now what was now down is, or excuse me, what was above my head is now where gravity is pulling me. So you could essentially just shoot straight up in the air. Yeah, um, like you're just falling upward. Exactly, exactly. So it, it it's really cool because it basically makes, I mean, this is an open world game and it basically means that you can, from the very beginning of the game, you can get anywhere you want to get. Uh, with the, uh, I'm trying to think. It's almost like, well, the the one limitation are there's different, I guess, main hub areas, so to speak. Sure, sure. And typically speaking, they require enough. They have enough distance between them that you can't just mm-hmm. gravity there because you do have gravity gauge that eventually runs out. Yeah. It's it's almost like um when you're playing like Grand Theft Auto and it's like I want to go to S- San Fierro and it's like oh you haven't locked this part of the map yet so you, like technically you could drive there but you're immediately wanted well in this game if you were to try to go to an area one you would have to have enough of a gravity gauge to get there but then also there's like a like an edge where the game will just suck you into a gravity uh uh storm and teleport you back to where you needed to be so you have to unlock that area of the map but once you have like the map unlocked like there is the option to fast travel but you can pretty much i mean it's it it is faster to fast travel but you can pretty much get wherever you want no issues and um the only limitation is your gravity bar uh, gravity gauge which is very similar to like your stamina bar and uh, or stamina gauge in like breath of the wild where it's like as long as you have it upgraded you can pretty much go wherever you need to go and uh some of the other things that you can upgrade like i said before was your combat so like your abilities you uh your your damage that you do you can um, upgrade the recharge rate of your gravity bar you can upgrade your falling speed or like basically the speed that you fly through the air um some of your special abilities you can upgrade and i think there was an evade that you get so you can kind of upgrade your evade and then uh at some point you get this gravity slide which is like a faster than running or yeah faster than running but not as quick as flying way that you can move around and you're literally like like skate like is it skateboarding you're like literally like <laughs> yeah kind of like vanquish yeah exactly exactly you're just sliding through the the world and uh, you can upgrade the speed at which you're doing that as well so it, they're like meaningful changes to how you play and like it's all powered by the the gym system that they introduce so i, I really really dug the gym system because it was like really fun to just look for them and you were immediately rewarded because like you could you know upgrade your character with it so it never felt like a slog for me personally it was straight from the menu too so you don't have to like go to a vendor or something like that yeah yeah did you guys dig the (laughs) just like getting getting gems and upgrading your characters um so i did like that part of the game the uh just kind of the getting around the environment and that mechanic itself. The only issue I kind of had with the game was combat, but I don't know if we want to just save that for later. Let's, let's keep going with the, um, like the traversing and getting around and then we can get into combat. Okay. Yeah. That that part of the game is like probably the best part for me is like 
I kind of like that mechanic, and um, I mean, it, it did feel a little weird, and there's definitely some it's a learning awkwardness curve. to it. Yes, yeah, yes. it's a little bit of awkwardness to it, but once you get used to it, um, I mean, it's pretty natural at that point. But but yeah, I did like it. One of the things that I appreciated was um, there was like you got a tutorial, and you basically got like a codex or like a like information blurbs in the beginning of the game when you first started and you had to like go through those but then as the game went on it it would tell you like oh this thing was added like when you find out about a new ability or something like that it's like you have the option to go in and kind of read about it or you could just keep playing and i really appreciated that the game didn't um beat you over the head with continuously pausing the action to tell Mm -hmm. you did you know you could do this did you know you could do this like it, it kind of was like Here's this thing, and kind of like if you want to see it, like it's here, um, and I really appreciated that. It, it reminded me of I don't know if you guys do you guys normally go through codex when we play games and things like that, and like go through everything. Very mm, rarely. Yeah, not not that often. So I, for me, what about you, Dante? I was about to say pretty much never. Okay, so, except for the audio logs. Sure, sure. Like for me, I typically it depends on the game. Um, if I'm feeling the game, I normally do. So, like, when we played Killer7, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was, like, a codex on every single enemy, on every single character, like, on everything in that game. Yeah. And I went through every single one of them, and I got, like, some valuable information. And But, like, it doesn't, like, force you to do that, which I really appreciated because there's so many, like... There's so many games that do sometimes like remove like you from the action in order to like let you know, hey, could you do this? Did you know you could do this? And so like when I started delving into the codex, I was like, oh, I can do this and I can do this, and it and it like naturally helped me improve my control of the character and just doing the traversal stuff. Um, I, I would say like I didn't really get comfortable moving around with the character until I was about eight hours into the game. But, like, bear in mind that I spent a lot of the game, too, like, doing side missions and everything. So, like, I'm not saying, like, eight hours of the main story. I'm just saying, like, eight hours of playtime. Um, but after that, then I was like, this feels like second nature. And I can just pretty much go wherever I want. I'm always in control. But it, it took a little bit um, of time to, for me to get to that point. So, um, my impression of the traversal also was the... Um, it was... I don't know. Y'all know how I feel about Assassin's Creed. And Marcus, you remember in Assassin's Creed, I think you played two. Did you play one or two? I played uh, the first three. Okay. So there are um, the collectibles around. Mm-hmm. The feathers and, and ha- everything. Yeah. There's feathers or in some of the games or first game, there's the flags. I think that was kind of my impulse was to go around collecting the gems like they were the feathers in Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, I guess that was similar to, to how you felt about um, Crackdown, mm-hmm. Crackdown comparison. Mm-hmm. I was in it. <laughs> yeah, I guess for me, the closest equivalent game that I can really think of are um, Spider-Man 2 for the PlayStation 2 and then also the new Insomniac Spider-Man as far as just quickly using your momentum to just kind of swing through a city more or less and you're kind of just in full control of the character and just making these very tight turns with them and I don't know it 
I really, really appreciate the movement system they designed for this game specifically. Did you did you feel like you had the learning curve as well, or did you? How long do you think it took you to get a handle of it and feel like you could you mastered it? See, I, I still don't feel like I completely mastered it. Like, I feel like I had a good handle over it probably within the first hour or two of playing. But I know, like, if I attach myself to something oriented, like, not in an upright-down position, then sometimes I get confused. Like, they tell you at the very beginning to look at her close to see, like, mm-hmm. oh, if her scarf is directed this way that means that gravity like the regular flow of gravity is going this way but it can get a little confusing you know yeah doing the mental gymnastics to figure out okay this is the movement i need to do on the controller to kind of counterbalance the current shift of the gravity so to speak yeah i i (laughs) that that was the thing where i was always i think it was l1 was the button to reset you to the default gravity and there would be so many times where I'm like, okay, I'm going to hit this button and then I'm just going to shift a little bit to the right. And it's like, oh, shoot, I was upside down. like, <laughs> And then I'm just <laughs> like, oh, crap, crap, crap. So that happened for me a lot. I think the main thing, and we yeah. go ahead. I was going to say, I guess another pretty important point to all this navigating stuff. So the cities that we're navigating, they're floating cities. Oh, yeah. So you're literally going underneath the city, gravitating to the bottom of the city walking around and trying to collect these orbs and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the thing I was going to say was going to transition us into Greg's point was that the I think the biggest thing for me and, like, the, the, the hurdle that I had to jump through was the camera. Um, there was so many times where I was, like, if I could only, I'm like, get the camera to reposition this way and, like, put me back to the behind my like locked to being behind me and like that would never happen so like i i constantly was like i think it was uh hitting in the left i think it was the left thumbstick or was one of the thumbsticks i think yeah or you could i think you could hit a button on the d-pad too and and so like i constantly was having to do that in order to reposition the camera um because sometimes it would give me funky angles and like especially in combat when you're like you're fighting around buildings and there's creatures that are coming at you that are on the ground that are flying like you're getting they're shooting their projectiles at you and like it i like especially those uh the fish uh the flying fish creatures that you had to like hit out their eyeballs those ones in particular around like tight spaces and buildings those were always tricky and like always made me like i gotta adjust my camera adjust my camera adjust my camera and then i'm good um what what were some of your issues that you said you had with combat, Greg? Um, for me, it mostly broke down to it's just not enough variety as far as like the enemies, right? Like, I mean, there's, I mean, they're Navi, so they're kind of like these. What's a good way to explain? I'm trying to think of like how you would describe the enemies. Would you call yeah, them in Kingdom well, Hearts? Shadow creatures, the, the yeah. nobodies or yeah. something? Is that what they're well, called? That, they don't look like nobodies, yeah, but they, just the way they kind of pop up. Gotcha. They kind of look like heartless. That's the word. Uh, yeah. I was trying, that's what I was trying yeah, to think that's, of. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like, kind of my issue is like, there's only so many uh, enemy types. There's all variations on the same, and basically, you you defeat them the same way. It's just 
kind of you swing at them basically until they blow up you know whether that's in the air or on the ground or you grab something and then you sling it at it but essentially you're always like fighting them the same way so at a certain point it just kind of got boring for me like as far as combat um i mean i wish there was a little bit more variety to how you could you know fight them i don't know if maybe it needed maybe like like maybe a deeper battle system but i don't know maybe that's too much to ask for with trying to incorporate that with the gravity stuff you know what i mean i think earlier on i would agree with you because you're mostly because you're getting used to your abilities you're mostly fighting enemies on the ground level but later on like throughout the game you learn to start incorporating like your gravity skills in order to attack enemies and of course every enemy has like that um like the weak point i guess yeah but it has like this this bright ball somewhere on it and that's where you have to aim um like with your gravity kick and like even though like the the attacks you use are kind of monotonous it it tries to vary it by creating like different um spaces in order to um have fights in cuz even though they're open world it kind of puts you in situations where like i remember one level specifically you're fighting enemies that are along the side of a tower and you have to scale the tower up and down to to take out some of the enemies first and then climb all the way to the top of the side of the tower um to kill the i guess the boss and so i think some of the ways that they incorporate your gravity abilities and the level design kind of helps vary the combat but i see what you're saying as far as like your move set they're all pretty much just kicks and, and you know the same type of attack and and then the other thing too that was kind of a deal breaker for me is just because the nature of the combat that you're kind of uh, floating in air and how like finicky the camera is it makes dealing with all the enemies sometimes kind of annoying because you can't really tell where everybody is like crowd control in some of the later fights can be a little bit of an issue because it's like you're trying to you might be trying to go for one enemy but then another one just ends up having to like you know hit you from behind in the process of you trying to go for one enemy so that was like a little minor like annoyance that i ran into don't you remember in the intro? That's what creates the difficulty on the Vita. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I agree with everything you said, Greg. Like, the, um, I didn't really care for combat in this game. It was very rewarding to like play a dive kick character and just be brain dead. <laughs> Get your brain on. Get my cami on. <laughs> Dang, going <on> there. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but it, it it was like rewarding to just be like, okay, like I'm all the way across the screen. I'm just gonna hit the kick button, and it's just gonna auto aim onto the character. <laughs> like there were so many times where I just was like, like it was it was it was uh, mindless. I felt like the combat, like like yeah, they were throwing. I go ahead. You go ahead. I'll say yeah, they're throwing a lot of different enemies at you. They all have like you know a big red weak spot some of them have like maybe a shield or whatever and like maybe there's an order of how you want to take them down where like i had particular like the um the two flying creatures the one that shot all those red projectiles at you and then the other one that shot out the spikes like those ones i usually try to take 
out first because they were kind of like the crowd control ones or like they kind of restricted your movement. So I, I appreciated the enemies for what they did and like how they were designed to try to make combat more difficult. But like once you got over the shtick of what their thing was, it was never like, oh, I'm, I'm about to die here. And like, I don't think that feeling like you're about to die means that combat is good but it just kind of was just like okay here's the order i do this i take this people out then i take these ones out then i take these ones out then i take that one out and then oh combat's over um so it it just got a lot of very monotonous and i will say for me too having done all the side missions and everything like some of the it's even worse than some of the side missions like there's one where you have unlimited uh special gauge and like that one is that one is a lot (laughs) Like, I feel like the game would have benefited more from having different... Instead of filling up some of the time with combat like that, incorporating more... I don't want to say puzzles, but like... So you know there's that one section in the game where it's like... um, I don't remember what you're about to say. (laughs) It's the... But I think... Okay, so you know it's like the one area where it's like a platform... Uh, puzzle like type you're in thing. a dream yeah like I think like that MC was Escher my, yeah that was like one of my yeah. favorite parts of the game like I feel like it would have benefited having more sections not necessarily you don't have to have a bunch of those but like introduce like cool mechanics with the uh, with the whole gravity thing that you could you could incorporate versus like just filling it up with like combat to try and pass time you know what I mean mm-hmm. what were you gonna say Dante yes one moment okay but yeah, I enjoyed that one section because that's in that area that Greg's talking about. That's where they take away your power and they create these um, these little zones where once you walk into them, it shifts the gravity for you. And so you end up falling. And so you you pretty much have to figure out, like, you know, it's like a puzzle. Like, how do I get to this point um, without being able to use my gravity abilities? And there's several different um several levels to that one too where they get increasingly difficult but they're not like super difficult or anything. sorry i had to um compile my defense <laughs> so, objection i think the combat in this game is incredible for like a third person action game in the same vein as like a assassin's creed or what have you cuz like i checked there are 15 regular enemy variety types. And there are some similarities, but they all do play a little bit differently. So I do feel like there is some depth into like how to efficiently take out each one. For your attacks, you have a... I believe it's a three-hit kick combo. You have a jump kick. You have your dive kick, which is in the air um, doing the kick. You have your gravity attack solo, which you just shoot like individual things. You have your blast gravity attack where you shoot all your stuff at once. You have your slide kick, which you can upgrade and is really powerful. You got your special. And then most importantly, on top of that, you got your evade. And that evade is incredible. So like if you're really in the thick of it and just like kicking enemies and you're like dodging, I don't know. I get like I enjoy this so much more than like a Batman Oh, no. Hell no. Hell no. Yes, yes. Oh, come on. That game is shallow. That game is so shallow. This game actually has some depth to it. No, no, no. As far as... Yes, yes. So, I I, I agree with you that they were... 
I, I didn't think there was a little like too few enemy types. I don't I don't know if that's what Greg was trying to say, and if I seemed like I co-signed that, I was not. I just kind of felt like once you got there. Um, pattern down and like you kind of figured out like okay these are my this is how I'm going to take out my order of operations which I don't think there's anything wrong with that um, I don't know about you but like I never fought on the ground so like some of those things you're talking about I automatically like I was not going to have a slide kick and I was not going to have the normal like on the ground three you know that's on you it, yeah, yeah and I, but again like I'm just letting you know like the way I played, I was in the air all the time. So you know what I had access to was my dive kick, and I was basically playing dive kick the entire time I was playing this game. Uh, <laughs> I mean, same. Because like that was like being in the air and just being able to fly around and like naturally evade things. Like I, I felt like I, I mean, you had the evade button and you had like access to all your specials and everything. Um, like, that was my favorite way of playing, was being in the air. So, like, even in combat, like, that's what I did. I, I tried to throw, uh, um, you know, boxes and stuff at people, too. So, I tried to use that mechanic as well. Um, I just felt like, like, this game isn't Devil May Cry. It's not Ninja Gaiden. It's not Bayonetta. It is not the next tier of Batman. It is the next tier that is this game and Bionic Commando. And I love the combat and buy the commando. No, 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 no. I love the combat and buy a commando. This game, the combat in this game is so much better than freaking Batman. I I disagree. Don't even try. Where everything is just like, okay, hey, look, Batman has three little things over his head. Let me just hit R two or Y. You can turn like if you play if you play and dodge everything. If you play the hard mode, you don't see any of the the uh, prompts or anything. So. Like we can dead that, and like you have, ju- you have more options in Batman because you have gadgets you can use. You can double tap anything. You have your cape. You have like your your parry. Like if anything, you have just as many options. So I don't think I, I, I'll, I'll. But it's sluggish and unfun, though. Uh, if it was, I, I will. I will say sure, it can be sluggish. Uh, I don't think it's unfun because other games aped it. Um, I don't see any other games being like, you know what, we're gonna play like that one game that nobody bought, Gravity Rush. Uh. <laughs> Actually, going to my point, Spider-Man freaking takes. I don't know. Like you could argue that Spider-Man takes from Batman, but I'm more like Spider-Man plays like Gravity Rush. That's fine. Like and that that's game fine. is like the best-selling game. So that's fine. I don't know. I like. I like again. I I don't think the combat in this game is bad. I don't think the combat. I I like for me. I was saying it was just a little bit boring and like. I, I had fun fighting. It was just kind of like monotonous, I guess is what I'm saying. And to be honest, sometimes in Batman it was that way. But like, to be honest, sometimes it was like I'm buying the commando. It is what it is. <laughs> like, I, I mean, the, the way I played this game was always okay. There's a bunch of enemies. How do I get to a point where nobody's behind me and I can make a straight shot for their weak spot? Mm-hmm. So and just keep bouncing off of them. So you were that, like that flying. was the formula. Yeah, that was the formula for every fight. Like you know what? Like I, I'll even admit, like yeah, I pro- I probably didn't play this game the correct way or proper way, but I played the way that I had fun playing it. So all I'm trying to say is like I really dug the depth in this game, and like for me, there is like a one to one. Venn diagram in this 
and the evolution into like Spider-Man PS4 where there's a lot of aerial combat going on, but you have a lot of ground options. And then the ideal is finding a mix of the two yeah. and chaining into one another. That's fair. And I, I, I didn't play Spider-Man, so I can't like speak to how that felt. So you're right. You're right about like if the game took from if Spider-Man took from this game, I would not know because I did not play spider Throughout the entire game when I was playing it, I kept asking, when am I going to get a, um, a ranged ability? You had a ranged ability the whole time. What? You had the this whole game the ranged like, ability. Like, You're talking what? about the, the super? No, you had the ability to You're pick up the... freaking throw! Yeah, yeah throw but well, you, could, you could use the gravity field thing and pick oh. up something and throw. Did you not use stasis and was, throw stuff I was stuff? on the ground. No. You could, but you didn't, you didn't have to you be could. on the ground. Like, cause, okay, so I wasn't oh on the ground. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wasn't on the ground either, but like you could just literally like just fly to a rooftop you know, hit the button, and then you're just you got three boxes right there, and then there you go. Like that was I, no wonder I you never, didn't do any side content because you would have never finished <laughs> any of it. I never tried that. I I, I I knew about the stasis. Like I used that because I mean you have to use it for certain missions. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know you could pick up objects huh. and throw them. I feel like you had to do that at one point. Well, n- well, n- no, there, there was it side missions. So wait, you didn't do a sink like so. You didn't not only didn't do the DLC. You didn't do a single side mission. Yeah, I did a single side mission. You, but you only did one. <laughs> he did a sink. I did Maybe the, it one wasn't the one where you have to work as the maid. Okay, okay, so that was it. Yes. Oh, bro. <laughs> did you do any of the challenges like defeat X number of Navi? I think I did one of the races. So that's it? Yeah. See, now we're getting into the actual Ace Attorney stuff where we're digging in. It's like, oh, there's some, mm, let me press this. (laughs) I told you, when I did that first side mission and went back to the dad and his son, and they said, oh, no, you still owe us. I was like, nah, we're not about to do this throughout the whole game. But I just assumed that was like uh, I assumed that was a side mission, the 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 maid one that you were talking about. No, that was well. I mean, it it wasn't even a side mission that dealt with them. It was just as far as the reward. And then when I realized I don't need to do any of these side missions to progress through the game, I was like, if I want to, I'll just come back and do the side missions later. Cut this man's mic off. Just <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so Man. you want to talk about the side missions? Did you do the side missions, Greg? Please tell me. <laughs> uh, I only did a few. And what? Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> well, what? Hey, so, hey, you, so, hey, you at least hey, you knew about stasis, though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, my issue with not wanting to do a bunch of them was, like, one, I guess, I don't know if I was playing the game, like, optimally because I could never get gold or whatever early on, right? So I don't know if I needed to level up more and then come back and do those and then maybe i would get gold on some of them but like when i did do them it was like i would either always get bronze or whatever and i was like well i'm not getting enough to really justify wanting to do this and on top of that since i didn't feel like the combat was like that difficult or like that fun it was like well i don't really feel like dropping uh you know a bunch of money or not money but whatever the currency is into upgrading combat abilities other than like my superpower and but i spent most of it just on health and uh movement stuff so yeah i didn't really feel like i needed to play a bunch of the side stuff oh man i'm so sorry i'm so sorry (laughs) so 
some of this is starting to make sense to me, like, retroactively now, because at first, I'd say for the first maybe quarter of my first playthrough to half of the first playthrough, I didn't really respect the combat. But then once I, like, actually went back to those challenges and I'm like, okay, I'm just getting a bronze or a silver. And then I had to kind of, like, really get invested in it. That's when I kind of fell in love with it. So Hold up. This was the best combat. I'll F with these guys talking about I'm not, I'm not grouping up with them. This was the best combat in any game I ever played. <laughs> Hang on. I, I never said I didn't like this game. <laughs> Man, so like the, even the main part of this game, like just the main storyline, you know, made me really appreciate this game. Okay, That's yeah, like, even, I didn't, I didn't have to play any story missions, any side just, missions. But too, just, though. just imagine if you would have played the side missions, how much more you would appreciate it. It was game. so good, I wasn't invested enough to go and look at the other content of the game. <laughs> exactly. what, what, when those, when those credits rolled. I was just like, do I even need to go back to those side Oh my god. <laughs> you trying to act like this? <laughs> do, do I need to deal with that father and his son? No. Oh my god. Alright, well let me tell you what you missed out on, my friends. So, the, the side content I felt like was really like, again, like, it... it, it you know how Greg was, because Greg made the comment, I wish there was, like, more puzzles and, like, things in this game. Like, the side content was where they added more stuff to the game. So, like, obviously they had the races, which I'm assuming mm-hmm. that both of you guys did. Yeah. And the cool thing about the races was that there was, obviously, ones that just required you, like, kind of floating through the air. But then they also had ones that were sliding only, like, the, using the gravity slide. And then they had ones that were, like, both where it was a combination, it was almost like an obstacle course, where you're like basically traveling this whole section of the map, where you're like running on this building, and then you gotta run here, then you have to gravity slide, and then you have to, like, those were really fun. They obviously had combat ones where you had to earn a certain score, um, which, to me, the combat ones were my least favorite ones, when it was just like the, just do what you normally do and take these people out, but then they had specific ones, so... I guess because Trevor, uh, they had one that required you to only take out enemies using the, um, what is that move called? The B button. Stasis? or Yeah, circle button. Stasis, where you could only pick up um, boxes or items and do damage to the enemies. That's the only way you could get points. So that one was kind of cool because like, that was one where I, I played it early on because I think it was in that first area. And I couldn't get over, I, I couldn't even get a bronze or only bronze at that. And I was just like, what am I doing wrong? And like, I upgraded my character and like, I kind of got more comfortable moving. And then I was like, Oh, like this is what I could be doing and this and this. And like, it, it, it forced me to like revisit that one and, um, fix my strategy from when I first started and just, you know, just getting more comfortable with the movement in the game. There was also, uh, ones that were taxi ones where you had to like basically pick up groups of people and, take them to a specific area which i i didn't really care for those ones but they were also like just a different like flavor um i feel like i'm missing one dante is it was there any um so there was combat there was the taxi um, ones the racing taxi racing and there is an there's a sliding only ones like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's the no energy races yeah as well. yeah those ones too where those ones were like you started off the 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 level or the the race and you it was like a normal race but you started off without any 
uh, gravity gauge and you had to collect those little boxes and instead of them uh, refilling they would just give you a portion so like those ones were really fun as well um, was there any other ones so that sounds like the only one that I didn't do. So I did the other ones, like at least one or two of like yeah, each of those. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The, the, obviously, the the one too um, uh, that I was talking about earlier, where you had unlimited. There were like uh, like harder ones where like if you completed them, you got a specific like trophy. And like so, the one that I remember because this one took me the longest to do was uh, basically uh, going to one of those. Um, what were those? The Rift World, the very first Rift World, and you, so you had to like take out all the enemies and score a huge uh, score, and you had unlimited special gauge. So like that one was really fun because you could just like spam on the special gauge button and like do like each one of them had like a specific thing that you had to do, and you were fighting every single type of enemy across this huge world. Um, uh, and there was some other, there was a, I think there was a race one, like going through the lava world again. Um, yeah, man, like I, I really dug the side mission. So like, it, it definitely was a, a nice change of pace when, um, I was like, Oh, I got a new batch of side missions. Let me go knock some of those out. And then I'll go back on the main story. So like, I, I was always feeding in to do more of the side missions. Yeah. And this is, I guess, tangentially related, but like, to the point about the story in the game, I really appreciate like one, the story itself for like not being too overly serious. It's kind of like, it's almost like you're the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man of sorts for most of the game. And then the side missions also kind of augment on that. The ones that actually have like stories attached to them. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just like, to me, those were opportunities to get familiarize yourself more with, uh, just like using things like, especially like ones where it's like use the gravity slider doing, um, uh, I think there was one where they had those floating like taxis and you had to do a race where you had to like hit all those. So it, it, it introduced new gameplay elements and helped me get more familiar with elements that I wasn't used to using like the stasis or you like the gravity slide. So I, I, I enjoy doing those. Um, and it made, I feel like it it made my experience uh, fun. So sorry for you, Trevor, that you enjoyed this game and you didn't even get the full enjoyment out of it. <laughs> I might go back and play some more. <laughs> um, and was there any anything else combat related? Yeah. So one of my questions was, how did you guys feel about the side challenges? Well, scrap <laughs> x that out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, really, I think the only other thing that we have really to talk about is like story and, uh, one of my, so like one of my other knocks on the game, which I think we've kind of alluded to, but, um, how how do you guys want to talk about the story? Like overarching, we can say, so you're playing as cat and dusty is her trusty sidekick slash cat that gives her this ability to you know be a shifter and change gravity and basically um there's something weird going on with the world where these these gravity uh, storms that have like completely broken up this floating city of hexville so your job is to kind of uh restore the city um so uh you befriend a uh police officer named sid right 
Sid. And um, he kind of, he's like a, what would you call him? He's like gumshoe, <laughs> right? Yeah, he's like a beat cop. Yeah, but he's like, you know, kind of a goofy dude and doesn't really have a lot of sway, but he has like, you know, a good heart. Um, and, um, you kind of befriend him and, uh, do some missions with him. And then you meet this person named the creator, uh, Gabe, the creator, who is really trippy. And he introduces you to these riff worlds, which are basically where parts of the city have gone. So, um, I believe there's three or four riff worlds, uh, in the game. And, um, once you complete those, which are way they're, they're way longer drawn out chapters of the game uh you basically restore a new section of the city and get access to it and like it's crazy to think about but like it's almost like an and avengers you know like uh um where it's like oh like we've been living for five years without these people in our lives and all of a sudden they're back you know and like that's kind of how this is where once that section of town is gone in the Rift world, all the people that were there and everything are gone too. So you're like reuniting family members with each other and like, you know, things like that. So it's really cool. And, um, you, uh, I think you reunite all of the city and you get this weird mission. Um, I feel like I'm, yeah, this is a very, this is a very high arcing, like, I'm I'm not hitting all the story beats. Uh, I think the only thing that I missed was there's another shifter that you come across named Raven, who is just like you. Uh, she also wears uh, BDSM gear, and her pet is a raven, hence her name. Um, but she kind of views you as a rival slash enemy. She thinks you work with um, Mayor Balsey, uh and um, so she tries to. Anytime you do any good, she's like, "What is your your end goal, or what what do you what do you plan at, and everything?" And so you come to blows with her at some point, where she's like trying to stop you because she doesn't understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, <clears throat> and you're like, you know, as you're doing missions and everything, you're building renown with the the people in the city of Hexville. So like, very superhero esque where. I guess kind of like what Trevor said is in the game, you probably start as like a Hancock where you're like this down on this luck kind of like person that has powers and you're kind of building your, your image and you're helping people and people are calling on you to, you know, help them in their time of need. So you get to this point where you see this girl and she's like, Hey, my, my photo fell down there and you're, you go down, it's off this, the ledge of this floating city that your, you know, Hexville is. And you're like, okay, I'll go down there. And you keep going and you keep going and you keep going. And you're like, you're not seeing the photo. And you're like, well, what is this? And you end up finding yourself in the Rift world. And you're like, whoa, what is, what is going on here? And you end up being stuck there for a little bit. And uh, you meet a... Uh, earlier in the game, you hear about a bus of school children that get uh, they get sucked up by the Rift World, and nobody's seen them. Um, I think they had been missing for uh, a year. I think is what they said. And um, you end up finding them in this Rift World area, and you you know befriend them and um, talk to them, and you meet a girl down there who has also creator like abilities and. Um, 
anyways, you end up getting out of the Rift world and you get back to Hexville and Hexville has completely changed. And you're like, whoa, what's going on? The military now has a very pronounced presence. There's a new mayor. And you come to find out what you maybe had been gone for maybe a week. Well, in, in, in your in your mind, you had been gone for a week. But when you get to Hexville, like back in the main world, you're like, oh, it's been a full year. And so then that's kind of like the wow, the whoa moment where you realize that when you're in the Rift world, time moves normal speed. But in the main world, it moves. It, it, it's faster. Oh, so actually, I take that back. Time moves at normal speed in the normal world. But when you're in the Rift world, time moves slower. So you being gone for a week in the Rift world, but in the normal world, it's a full year. So um, the kids, they had been gone for a full year um, in the normal world, but in actuality, they had only been gone for like a week or, you know, like they hadn't been gone that long, or at least enough for them to like have starved or anything like that. Um, And then uh, you basically, uh, there's this new mayor, uh, Del Del Nelica, is that how you say his name? I think so. And he's basically, like, in charge of the military, and he's like, oh, well, we're doing these things where the military is, like, they're fighting um, the Navi, and the Navi are showing up in more and more frequency, so we need to have a bigger military presence. So they basically, in that year, they transformed um, the... uh, the police into the military as well. So it's just, you have security and like police or uh, military people everywhere. And, um, even like Sid, he's now part of the military and you're seeing like, um, uh, the after effects of that and, um, come to find out that Danelica is a piece of shit. (laughs) Basically. Um, he's been trying to harness the, him and his scientist, um, a um, They've been trying to harness the power of the uh, Nevi to, I don't know, I, I honestly, I don't know what they were trying to do. Like, I like this game, but like, it started to run a little bit long once you got to the Rift world for me, and so I didn't really understand what the back half of the game, the, the, the back third or quarter of the game was doing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm vamping right now. I'm looking at the, the wiki to kind of see, um, okay. So, uh, they, they basically build this, um, they're trying to harness the Nevi power in order to control the Hexville and the Nevi. And then they realize, oh, well, what we can do is get, uh, cats, um, buddy dusty, uh, he's a magical creature, and he can harness, like, they find out or realize that, oh, your these pets are actually Nevi as well, and uh, just powerful Nevi that are fighting for good, and um, we can harness their power or whatever, so um, he ends up, like, basically separating you from Dusty, trapping Dusty, trapping you, but then Raven comes and saves the day and helps you out, and then you basically, the, the, the thing that they created was called the Sea Anemone. And it's basically this huge Nevi destroying ship that's powered by this huge Nevi, and it ends up going haywire. And you have to like team up with um, both uh, Raven and then another character, um, Cat, uh, not Cat, um, Unica, who's 
was a enhanced military operative and you guys have to team up and take down this sea anemone and then um anemone and uh you destroy it and it also kills Edro and Danelica in the process. Yeah, that's like the end of the game. The children the children get returned from uh the rift world into the main world and people hail cat as a you know savior and a hero and uh yeah um that's kind of where the game ends Um, also one of the coolest things about the story like it delivers some of the story beats through like a graphic novel very azura's (laughs) wrath-esque and um it's pretty cool because it also has like motion controls for the ps4 controller um, so like when you move it, it kind of rotates the panels on the comic. That was literally the only time I ever used the motion <laughs> controls was during the, like, I, I didn't know if you guys had that same, uh, thing, but that was like the only time. Did I miss anything, Dante? Um, that was pretty accurate. Um, so you weren't a fan of the story? So I, I really liked the story, like the first half of the story. And I just felt it got a little bit up its own butt at the end of it. And like personally, I, like like I said, I, I I wrote after I think there was twenty one chapters in this game, and I wrote after chapter fourteen. Um, I think I was like, this game is starting to drag. Um, I just I, I don't know, like, and and like I, I wasn't sure if it was me because I was doing all of the you know side content as well, but I just kind of felt like it, it got very long in the tooth that the game did, and I just kind of was like, I don't really know what's going on anymore. Like I felt like I had a, a a grasp of the story, and then like once you got back to the Rift world and everything, like I just was kind of like, oh, I don't know what's yeah, going on. I feel on. like a lot does change once you got back for sure with the whole because the military wasn't really a thing. Yeah, and they just come out of nowhere, yeah. and yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's been a year. Sure, though, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just it just was just kind of like oh, like now they're a thing, and then like on top of that too, it was. I felt like there was a little bit of disconnect because, like, you were working with the military. And then also they had those side missions where you were doing stuff with the military. Mm-hmm. And I felt like they didn't... They were at odds with each other, I felt like. Well, you were definitely, like, not happy working with the military. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. But it, so. just, it just felt like it was like, oh, like, we are... Um, working with the military as a way to um i don't know it's just kind of find out what they're doing right yeah like you were just being trained and it was like you know what yeah sure i'll join you guys but then also (laughs) you were like getting reprimanded by them and then also in the main story you were working against them kind of in a sense so it was a little bit oh yeah you were it was confusing kind of like not covert but like yeah yeah you were you were out to get them from the beginning well yeah and i just for me it was my least favorite of the three dlcs i i much preferred the the one doing the the race with that that motorbike gang and mm-hmm. the uh the one being the maid i, I thought i i preferred those over this one the 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 last dlc gotcha i wasn't really like it's been a minute since i've done the dlc so oh you didn't play it this this most recent time so this most recent time i just played up to um defeating alias oh the first time Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. 
Yeah, I think he pops up again, or you have another encounter with Alias in one of the DLCs as well. It, it's a fake Yeah, alias. yeah. I, well, I didn't want to say that because... Sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to say that because they, they Dang, made... <laughs> you it for me. I'm, I'm, yeah, oh, man, all that content now. Trevor hasn't got to. Man, Trevor, you have to actually use stasis on Alias. Actually, you kind of do, because you have to use stasis to get that bomb out of yep, the trash can. Yep, so. yep. Wait, I did that. That's but one you didn't use it in combat. Yeah. Well, okay, so there there's definitely there there's a alias after you kill him pops up two more times. I think one is in a uh a, a normal mission and one is also in a um uh DLC. And I think the DLC is the one where it's that the boy, I think. Or is that is that the main mission? Honestly, I can't remember, but I do remember both of the instances you're talking about. So, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I, I think the story is interesting. Um, I, like I said, I just I just felt like it ran a little bit long. It was just hard to kind of follow it at the back half. Because when they, they introduced that Cyana chick, and it just kind of gets confusing. Because I'm like, oh, this little girl is also a creator. But, but also, is it Young Raven? Like I didn't understand that part because they were they were Young Raven is somebody different. And like I, like I just didn't understand how she could be in two places at once or I guess she wasn't in two places at once. But I just was like, how did she get the like you they never answered the question is like how do you get the shifter's power? And that was something that I was So if you want to find that out and more, you have to play Gravity Rush too. Yeah, yeah. And th- which I assume but- I assume that would be the case. But Raven was initially one of those kids that got what what's it called like in the in the bus on the bus in the thing she got out aged and then um was trying to save I think them. it's like Sahi is her name or something Cyana I can't remember what her name was the Cyana chick the 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 creator that the, the child creator no no it, she wasn't Cyana Cyana's got the blue hair and stuff they show a picture of young raven at some point oh yeah yeah yeah. And okay I, yeah i know because they talk about her all the time they're like oh like the kids down there they're like oh she was our protector or whatever satya yeah but then she just kind of like disappeared yeah but it's very obviously raven if you look at the yeah picture. like the hair and everything and just the the attitude she's she's that one dude's mm-hmm. bro- uh not brother sister or like he just kind of like looked after her he they weren't actually siblings yeah, I don't think they were sibling sibling, but I know who you're talking about. I can't remember, but he was like the leader of the crew at the down there. Oh, yeah. um, Zaza. Yeah, yeah, Zaza, yeah. Zaza. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, um, I. Do you guys have anything else? Like, because I have some questions too. But uh, do you guys have anything else story wise that you want to say? Uh, well, you- once you had mentioned. Um- Oscar's Wrath, because that was one thing I was going to mention too, is that um, like that last, that final battle, I was fully expecting there to be like some uh, button mashing or quick time events. <laughs> you missed it. I was it. like, man, where is it? It's like, this is the perfect time for it. You're right. You're right. Perfect opportunity. They, they missed out. Yeah, I'm not going to push back too much on the story because it's definitely like. Your mileage may vary, yeah. but I do appreciate how um, unique the story in this game was compared to most um, stories, and not just in, like, I don't know, like, the characters and stuff. It was just, like, 
the type of storytelling they use where it was a very much more like personal like I'm not trying to really save the world type of thing it was just like here's this person trying to fit into their community and kind of find a place for themselves yeah yeah and it's very low stakes for most of the game up until the very end. Yeah. The one of the things it was so stupid but I, I was like I appreciated it, it was like the fact that you lived in a <laughs> like a sewage pipe in oh, under yeah. the city and like your first couple of missions was I need to, you know, get some furniture. <laughs> get some used furniture. Yeah, yeah, like oh you're throwing that out. That's a perfectly good lamp. Can I have it or oh I need a you know, I need a bed and a mattress. And I don't know, it it was definitely like it, it, it was stupid, but it was like the kind of stupid that I really enjoy. Where it's just like, you know what? Like, I appreciate what they're doing here. I I appreciate it. Um. So yeah, like I like. I don't. For me, I, I I think I was a little bit more harsher on the uh, combat than I probably should have been. But like for me, like. The traversal was my favorite part of the game, and then the combat, and then the story. Like, if I was to like say, like, here's my hierarchy. It's like I really enjoyed the traversal. The combat was it was fine. It was cool, and then the story was like my least favorite thing. And but I I still really enjoyed this game. Still really enjoyed it. Is there anything else that I forgot or we forgot to talk about? I feel like that's it. Do you guys... I'll go ahead and say I really dig the music. Music was sick. I mean, at least for me. Yeah, I enjoyed the music. It it really set the tone for, like, the environment. I, 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 I think my favorite uh, music, or, like, when I started noticing it, which sounds stupid or bad, but was when you got to play, Sean. That theme where they, like, they, they, they talk up this place that's like, this is the place where people sin and like you know like this is where people gamble and they have like drinking here and there's prostitution and then like you get there and it has this like tune that it's like okay i can see it (laughs) (laughs) so that that was by far my favorite like little section of the game or like where the music i was like yeah like i'm feeling this music right here (laughs) it was very jaunty and i really appreciated it Yeah, I feel like that's kind of like a signature track where it's got like that trumpet and horn and stuff. And yeah, yeah. Just kind of goes off. <laughs> yeah, go off. <laughs> Stun on them. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I had questions, but I feel like we mostly, I think we answered like almost all my questions. Yeah, we did. We answered all my questions. I've got like a, a fun question if you want. Sure. So, if you could become a shifter, what would be your animal of choice? And, like, I guess, what would be, like, your abilities? I mean, I thought gravity was, like, the, the only ability, because it wasn't Raven a gravity shifter. Yeah, but team. I think Raven could also fly. I guess, because of her animal. Yeah, hmm. I guess that makes sense. I guess that would make sense why you always landed on your feet, because your animal was a cat. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. You know, I would have gone with cat if the main character wasn't a cat already, so I feel kind of unoriginal going with that answer. But oh, and yeah, also, what would typically you... when these type of things also, come what up, would I name cat. Be? I guess it'd be cat. 
Mine would be a panda. My name would be designer. <laughs> I feel like I can't top that. <laughs> like honestly, um, I I don't really know. Like when 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 you said what would your powers be, like immediately the it was like obviously it'd be gravity. When you said well it could be anything, I'm like then I just started thinking of Avatar, and I'm like well obviously then I would just be an Earthbender. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really like. I was like, Gravity Rush, okay, and you know, and then I was like, oh, like this is, you know, like uh, that. That's a that's a that's a pretty cool power being able to manipulate gravity. There's a lot you can do with that. So, <laughs> like, I think that would be that would be a cool power to have. Yeah, I feel like that's enough right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you could manipulate gravity for yourself. You can basically make things around you be able to, you know, ignore gravity as well. You can basically fly. Like, you know, what else do you need? To be able to turn into a panther. Is that yours? No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> towards the end of the game, she gets the ability to, to turn into a panther. Or like a, a big cat. A hot cat. <laughs> I thought Sea Wasp was kind of cool, like, character design, too. Because it looked like she was, like... She was definitely a war vet because she looked like she was missing an arm and a leg. Yeah, both her feet because she had like the the tink tink. <laughs> she had the bit back paper clips. <laughs> but she had like the little like peg leg, but it was on her hand, like the little like uh, yeah. lance. No, what is it called? Um, is it a lance? Is that what they do in a uh, jousting? Right. She had like Joust. a miniature. Yeah, you know, like the dudes ride the horses at each other with the little long the long spears. That's called a lance, I think. And like her her hand, she had like cuz she was missing a hand, so like one of her hands was like a miniature one of those. Yeah, it is. Cuz her name was Sea Wasp. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> so she had her like little stinger. Also, I thought it was really interesting slash weird slash funny that all of like they were called the, the the army was called the jellyfish special forces and like everything they had was sea related so like <laughs> your nickname was sea cat unica's nickname was sea wasp like the, the thing that they were creating was the sea anemone it was just like okay guys <laughs> they had a, a sea slug with somebody else's name too <laughs> now i didn't get to the end of the game this time but I know, without saying too much about two, that they get into um, some pretty creepy designs where people are like, oh, I can definitely see like the inspiration from um, Silent Hill or the guy's previous projects. Was there any of that near the end of the game? Character design-wise? Yeah, character or enemy design-wise, I guess. I mean, I, just being... A, I, I don't think so with the enemy design, just because like you pretty much run into all the enemies uh, from the very beginning of the game. They don't really introduce any new enemies. Um, maybe, like, the... And I don't know enough about Silent Hill, but like I, I would say, like, the going into the rift that one time, and, like, that was kind of, like, a weird, surreal experience with, like, all the different things down there um but i don't think any of the designs of like characters or anything is pretty dark or creepy gotcha okay it's probably stuff they say for two i had i just remembered a question do you guys have i mean i guess you guys still have to finish beating the first game but do you guys have any intentions of playing the second game 
Um, I need to check it out. Yeah, I was about to say, I might check it out. I feel like I say that every time we play a game, but I think this will be the one that I actually... <laughs> well, I did I did end up playing um, uh, the second Phoenix Wright, eventually. Um, but, uh, yeah, Gravity Rush 2 is $10 on PS2 right now, so... Well, it looks like all the time, so I think that is a, like... Yeah, I, I think I would I would definitely play this game just to see. The uh the only other thing I was gonna say is like I did not appreciate or like the costumes in this game. Oh, this game it's 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 normally twenty dollars, it's fifty percent off right now until the thirteenth, so we have about half a week. So get on it. But yeah, like the costumes in this game, I kind of was like oh, this is like the anime part because it was like all scantily clad or like the normal like uh, this is a sexy girl kind of costume, and I was not a fan of that. I feel like this game's hella anime. Yeah. Yeah, but I just, <laughs> I was like, man, like, why are all these costumes so damn revealing? So, like, I ended up like, what would you say, Dante? I was gonna say, I, I think Cat's default one isn't too, too bad. Really? <laughs> it could have, it could be worse. <laughs> I mean, okay. It could be a lot worse. It could worse. be worse, but, like, I just, just, like, I feel like if somebody were walking in the room, it's like, what are you playing? Like, like that's like my, my metric. If like, if somebody's like, what are you playing? <laughs> like, that's definitely a costume that somebody would ask that about. Um, but like, like she was doing the busset challenge or something. <laughs> it's like, why is she dressed like that? Or why, why is you, why are you dressed your character like that? <laughs> um, but like, you know, the other costumes they have in the game is a maid uniform, which is what I mostly used. Um, and then they also had like a schoolgirl uniform. That's um, the one I used. They had a uh, like a Catwoman esque type uniform, uh, where it's like a really uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, scantily clad. Not scantily clad. That midriff is exposed. Yeah, midriff exposed. Like you know, the the cut is right between the, the her boobs. Uh, like it's really skin tight. That's the that's the word I was trying to like a skin tight like Catwoman suit. She even has like the goggles on her forehead and everything. And then she has the military costume, which I think the military costume would have been the one I rocked with. But like I was like, "Yo, f the military in this game," <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't wear that one either. Um, so yeah, it was just I, the maid. The maid uniform was the one that I ended up going with. And I did look at the costumes for the next game, the second game, and it doesn't really get any better. Like there's like a a nurse kind of costume, you know. Uh, there's a like a hooters style or like a, a, a like a drive-through waitress where she has like the visor and she has like a white top with like a apron on and there's a there's a beach like a where she has like really short shorts and a tank top so they i guess they know their audience <laughs> <laughs> and then also i think i read too that all the uh at least the costumes like if you played the first game the dlc costumes carry over so if you unlocked them in the first game then you un- uh, have them in the second game i think i saw something like there was at least 10 costumes total in the game that you could have in the second game um hmm. so it, it would be worth if you intend to play gravity rush 2 if you want to have all the costumes to at least play the dlc the dlcs in the game and uh do that and so uh the only other thing um, I'm guessing, obviously, Dante didn't do it this time, but there was these um, special challenges on the Rift World where there was, like, if you explored, there was, like, in each of the Rift Worlds, there was a hidden enemy 
that was a very, very, very powered up version of an existing enemy. And, uh, and when I say very, very powered up, it's like, I think the first one was that very basic Navi that, um, was just the one that crawled on the ground, the little crab looking one, head crab looking one. And the only way you could do damage on it was with the gravity kick. And then, um, on the fire world one, and, and it took like, I think 15 or 20 gravity kicks in order to kill it. And once you killed it, you got a ton of gems, um, on the lava world, there was a, um, the, the one that had like the five or hit spots on the back. And then the one on the front that did the long punch. Um, and that one, you could only do damage a certain way on that one. And then there was another one that you could only like do damage a specific way. I think it was the big, uh, flying one that had like the, all of its little orbs were along its spine. But, uh, those were really interesting too. And just kind of switched things up because there was like a specific way that you could approach them and attack them. And, uh, they rewarded you with a ton of uh, uh, gems and everything, and I just thought it was kind of interesting because they were hidden. They were so like it was pretty difficult to find them. Not difficult, but it was like um, you had to. You had to. It rewarded you. They were off the beaten exactly, path. and like so. Like I know for me, I was like trying to get all the gems. So like I was like, I can go here. Okay, I'm gonna go here, and then like I, I stumbled on to uh one of them naturally but i didn't know what to do and then when i saw all the i ended up looking up the trophies and just seeing what i was missing and then when i saw oh there's hidden characters and i was like oh how do i get to them and i was like i did run into that and like you had to be like a certain level of like gravity kick in order to even do damage to the things um for one of them so i was like oh that's why when i was attacking it it wasn't doing any damage because i wasn't high enough level so after I was close to beating the game and I was fully leveled up, I went back and did all those, and that was kind of cool. So, uh, yeah, I nor I was like kind of a little bit sad because I was like, this game is an open world game and it doesn't really have like a off the beaten path. You have to know what you, you know know what you're doing in order to find this thing. And then I realized, oh, it's these these particular creatures are the thing that that it is. So I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. But yeah. Uh, that's Gravity Rush. Do you guys have anything else? Good game, good experience. Okay, so that's that's your your answer. Great game, great experience. What about you, uh, Trevor? Great game, great experience. Great game, great experience. That's crazy, man. Just think about what you would have said if you would have actually played it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm almost upset. He said, "Great game." <laughs> this game was fun. I, I know, I, I know what you I mean, mean, Dante. If if I didn't play it, I don't know what I'm missing. <laughs> I know what you're missing. <laughs> Dante, great game, great experience. Great game, great experience. Um, you said, uh, just just to reveal a little bit, you said this was like your third time playing this game? Or at least starting it? Yeah, so I played through it once, got almost everything, played through it again in 2019, and finally got to Platinum. And then for the podcast, I played about half of it. Gotcha, gotcha. So I am with Dante. This is great game, great experience. This is, like I said, this is my second favorite game that Trevor's chosen. So he finally chose us, you know, he's, he, he's, he finally chose another banger. You play um, Brothers too? He, well, actually, you know what? Like I, I was like, you, you chose, you chose more than two good games. You've chosen another good game. I think you chose a, um, Oscar's Wrath, Oberdin. Journey to the West. You chose that? I thought that was Greg. Oh, did I? Yeah, I think that was Greg. Okay. 
Yeah, that yeah. wasn't my game. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Shout out to Trevor. If you put get Trevor's game on a um, criminal lineup, you 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 could pick him. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I know how to pick him. <laughs> See, Trevor either gets a hang home on, run or strikes out. <laughs> so, I think it's our voting system because I try to put up a variety of games. Y'all just so happen to choose games that i would obviously pick he said he said y'all i choose a variety of games and then he said oh yeah you chose this one and you you got rid of all the switch games <laughs> or trevor would be like here are four characters here are four walking sim s type games and then <laughs> and then here's the ps4 game <laughs> so we, we we know we know what you're doing trevor <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to um hyperlight drifter and Raj? What Raji. is what is that? Raji. Never heard of it. <laughs> oh, we'll you find out. We, you go learn. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh I think uh I think you did good this time, Trevor. You did good this time. So I do good every time. Sometimes more than others. <laughs> <laughs> um well uh where can you find you at Trevor? Uh, you can find me on the internet at Lyric Unsung. I might um, stream some side missions from this game. You should. Uh, where can people find you at, Greg? Uh, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash magnegro with a zero at the end instead of O. And uh, Twitter at twitter.com slash, or yeah, at Boombox Zero, whatever. I was going to do the whole, you know, Boombox Zero. What you been playing? Uh... Really the just gra- Yeah, I was about to say Gravity Rush and Street Fighter. I mean, they had a new character for Street Fighter, so I've been playing a bunch of Rose lately, so Okay, okay. Is she still uh uh what's the name? Luffy's favorite character? Uh he actually doesn't <laughs> like her in this game. They're, they're, they got smaller. Well, uh you know what? They might be about the same. <laughs> Uh, for you two that don't know, there was a uh, a player, a French guy, uh, player named Luffy, and he was really known for his uh, Rose play in Street Fighter Four. He ended up winning Evo, and he said he only chose her because she had big titties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, where, where can people find you, at Dante? People can find me at twitch.tv slash awakencloud. And I will be playing. Hmm. Right now, I'm playing Sonic Adventure on Tuesdays, and Animal Crossing on Sundays and Thursdays. Typically, like my other game day, which you have to tune in and find out. Okay, okay. Um, and you can find me at Twitter at Potato Salad. Um, if you like tuning to Missed Checkpoints to find out about hidden gems, cult classics, and indie games, then share us with your friends, family, and the not shitty subreddit communities you're in. Comment on our Facebook page, add us on Twitter, leave us a, re- a review, preferably five stars on Apple Podcasts so we can appear higher in the leisure category. Um, yeah. Um, with that, we are Missed Checkpoints and we're out.